From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Good evening. Welcome to Washington Watch. I'm your Friday host on this special edition of Washington Watch. I'm the senior advisor to the president of the Family Research Council and extremely honored to be filling in for Tony this evening and for having you on board. Listen, we have an extremely, extremely important program lined up for you here this evening. Obviously covering the news everywhere is the Trump indictment. We are going to lay out for you the foundations of where this argument and this whole situation needs to be looked at from a Christian perspective. How do we look at this from a political perspective? How do we look at it from a legal perspective? And most importantly, how do we look at it from a Christian perspective? So extremely important program coming up. Let's get underway with kind of highlighting it a little bit more in detail. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has formally indicted former President Donald Trump. This is an unprecedented political attack. Obviously, it has sparked outrage by Republican leaders on Capitol Hills, as well as muddying the 2024 presidential election like never before. This is about power. It is a demonstration of raw power. I think the Democrats know this has nothing to do with the law. They're sending a message, and the message is they will use any power that they have to interfere in the next presidential election. That was Senator Josh Hawley during an interview with Fox News' uh, Jesse Waters yesterday. But how should Congress respond to all of this, the weaponization of our legal system? Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs will be joining me to discuss that here in just a little while. And how will the legal process play out? The indictment remains under seal, as we all know, until the former president's anticipated court appearance sometime next week. But the legal ramifications could be huge. We will be discussing that with Morris Tan. He is the, dip, uh, the dean of the Liberty University School of Law. He'll be with us in just a little while. And also, what about the broader implications? We will wake up in a very different America tomorrow because we can no longer have moral authority against the dictators and despots who would always find it easier to jail their political rivals than to compete against them in free and fair elections. Wow, what a powerful statement. That was Representative Matt Gates during an interview with uh, Fox's Laura Ingram last night. Uh, so what does this unprecedented indictment mean for our nation right now that is deeply divided and fractured? And more importantly, how should Christians respond? Well, he's extremely busy, but Family Research Council President Tony Perkins is going to take time and join us to discuss this issue and how Christians re should respond as we go through the program. And then finally... According to an official proclamation from President Biden, today is officially Transgender Day of Visibility. No doubt, I'm sure you have that on your calendar, right? <laughs> uh, but even as this, this ideology has captured the Democratic Party, state legislatures all across the country are following the science. They're enacting legislation to protect our children from these harmful treatments. And, of course, the, the left has a different take on all of these pieces of legislation. 
This community is under relentless attacks from Republicans across the country rather than uplifting or supporting everyone. They want to target transgender Americans and take away their freedoms. Unbelievable. That was White House Press Secretary during a press conference today aboard Air Force One. Well, we'll be setting the record straight. We're going to discuss the progress of what we're seeing at the state level with FRC's Vice President of Policy and Government Affairs, Travis Weber. And then these state legislatures are not alone. You need to be aware of that. In fact, most European countries have reversed course on providing all these experimental treatments for children. And you want to know why? Well, it's very simple. It's because in every serious study of the research, it all backs the point that these are dangerous procedures. We'll get into that a little bit later with Dr. Jennifer Bowens uh, with FRC again as the program unfolds. So we've got a lot of great topics ahead. You don't want to miss it. This program is going to provide you information you need to discuss the current issues we're facing right now. But if by chance you miss any portion of today's program, you can find it very easily by going to our website, TonyPerkins.com. And there's also a lot of action items there for you as well. So be sure to check that out later, TonyPerkins.com. All right, let's get into our first topic. The indictment of former President Donald Trump by a Manhattan grand jury represents the left's efforts literally to weaponize government power against their opponents. Look, we've seen this in the past. We saw it when the FBI targeted parents at school board meetings. We, we have seen it uh, as pro-life individuals have been attacked. And now the, pres the, the former president himself is the target. And no coincidence, he's the leading contender for the 2024 GOP, uh, GOP presidential nomination. Uh, so Republican members of Congress obviously are expressing outrage since the indictment took place yesterday evening. Uh, but is there anything they can do about it? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is U.S. Representative Andy Biggs. He's a member of the House Judiciary Committee. He represents the 5th District in Arizona. Congressman Biggs, great to see you again. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Jody, it's always good to be with you. We miss you out in Washington, D.C., but you're in a happier place, I can tell you. <laughs> well, listen, we're all in this thing together. In fact, all of our viewers and listeners right now, we are all in this thing together. Uh, but let me jump into this with you, uh, Andy. I, it's obvious that this was clearly the indictment, a politically motivated action. Uh, but beyond being politically involved, is this also election interference, do you think? Well, yeah, Jody, certainly it's, they've weaponized even uh, a borough district attorney's office in New York City. Um, but it's also part of it is, is exactly election interference. Part of it is just the weaponization and, and the attack uh, of the left from every institution in America to, to change who we are as Americans. They don't like America. They don't like uh, who we are. But when, we, when well, you I bring up the question of election interference... I agree with you. And why is it? Um, it's because they would like to find some way to diminish the odds that President Trump will become the Republican primary uh, uh, winner and then go on to be our nominee in the general election. So that this is to muddy that up. Uh, and they're, they're using an incredibly weak case to do that. 
Yeah, and I think it's actually going to backfire on them. There's the, the buzz I'm hearing, and I don't know if, if, uh, what you are, but people are angry about this, perhaps even people who otherwise would not uh, necessarily uh, be assured votes for President Trump. But let me ask you this. Uh, what do we know about this Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg? Uh, a lot of folks are pointing to the hypocrisy th that he is one soft on crime uh, and all this type of stuff. And then, of course, we have uh, the fact that we didn't go after, didn't see any movement going after Hillary Clinton and all the multiple issues she was involved with that uh, clearly could uh, pass legal lines. In fact, here's a remark from one of your colleagues, Matt Gates, just yesterday. I want you to hear this and get your thoughts. I remember my Democrat colleagues in Congress just crowing to high heaven about the unfairness of Comey making derogatory comments about Hillary Clinton before the 2016 election. This must ring a thousand times louder to all of them. It is clear election interference, and I believe there are federal equities at play that the United States Congress ought to evaluate. Well, he just drew the line in the sand. So, so he's, he says this is election interference, and, and you did too. So what happens, Congressman? Should Congress investigate this? Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you, uh, there are federal issues at play, as, just as Matt, Representative Gates said. And the way to think of it is this. Um, in order to bootstrap this to a felony, which uh, is what he is trying to do, I'm speaking here of uh, District Attorney Bragg, for him to do that, he has to invoke violations of federal law because the underlying offenses are, number one, they're misdemeanors. Number two, uh, they're five years past the statute of limitations. So under New York law, you, you have to, if you can link it to a commission of another crime, then you can rehabilitate it. But you can't, you still have a statute of limitations problem. So in order to get a felony, he's alleging federal uh, violations of election uh, law. Now, what does that do? It allows us. We now have, uh, I think, a jurisdiction. But beyond that, that's one. The, the other jurisdictional area that we have to investigate and bring Bragg before us is if there is due process that's being violated, uh, we have an opportunity to oversee that. Number three, if there is any federal dollars going into New York City uh, related to this, and in fact, in New York State, uh, I would suggest that we have an opportunity to, to withdraw those dollars, number one, and number two, use those as a predicate to uh, actually continue this investigation that we need to have now into the DA's office and the abuse of process and prosecutorial power. Well, those are some excellent points. So you, you anticipate an investigation, it sounds like it's going to be forthcoming. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the, you know, uh, Chairman Jordan and Chairman Comer um, wrote a letter to uh, Bragg asking him to come and testify, and he just said, forget it, I'm not going to come, which is, well, that's what happens whenever the left is in power. When Trump was in power, his people came um, uh, to testify, and you remember how they viciously attacked them, people like Bill Barr, who was then Attorney General. But we've got to get these guys in before us, and we also have to determine, uh, is there additional remedial action that the federal government can take when you abuse your prosecutorial power? Well, we're really grateful there, there are people like you, uh, Representative Biggs, who are there. And I know you've got a, a, a significant number of others who are fighting this type of battle. One of the other issues that comes out in all of this to me that is extremely disturbing 
is the obvious pattern that is being not just done behind our backs, but coming out open. This two-tiered system of justice, uh, is that a concern among other members on Capitol Hill? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, we've been talking about two-tiered system uh, when we had a, a, a representative from Georgia named Jody Heiss in Congress. He'll remember that we talked about that often because it is a two-tiered system. So so you've got, is anybody going to be arrested and charged and prosecuted in that Tennessee insurrection down there? And I use that term glibly because that's what Democrats use whenever there's a riot that they don't like. You see what happens with BT, uh, BLM and Antifa rioters. They don't get charged. If they're charged, um, it's a misdemeanor. If it does become a felony, they get, they're getting time served and out they go. Uh, this happens over and over again. Uh, I mean, how about the the, uh, the guy, uh, Matt Tidy, who's a Democrat liberal journalist. He's The day he's testifying in uh, before the committee in Congress, and he's talking about the weaponization of the federal government, the IRS shows up at his house, Jody, and, and get this, it isn't because he owed money or they had any reason to be there. The, the IRS actually owes Tybee money, but they wanted to intimidate, and that's that's part of the evil that's going on in Washington, D.C. today with the federal government, whether it's ATF, FBI, DOJ, EPA, uh, any of the alphabet soups, they're all weaponized against Americans. And this, this thing with Bragg is the tip Congressman, we're going to have to leave iceberg. it there. Yeah. Thank you so much, Congressman Andy Biggs, for joining us. God bless you. Keep the torch ablaze. Thanks, brother. Thank you. All right, much more straight ahead on Washington Watch. We'll be dealing with the weaponization of our legal system and this two-tiered system of justice. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with the prayer guide. 
To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews monthly newsletter, visit frc.org slash worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Again, I'm your Friday host, Jody Heist. Glad to have you joining us this evening. All right, a lot going on with the indictment of President Trump. We just had a great conversation with Representative Andy Biggs on the political side of that discussion. But there's also the legal side of this whole thing. Uh, The indictment of former President Donald Trump at the bidding of a George Soros-backed soft-on-crime district attorney involves a a seven-year-old alleged campaign finance violation. And many legal experts say that this charge reveals a clear weaponization of the prosecutor's office simply to target a political opponent. And, of course, with the 2024 presidential race already underway, the ramifications of this indictment are enormous. Well, joining me now to help unpack this is Morse Tan. He's the dean of the Liberty University School of Law He previously served as the ambassador at large for global criminal justice. Dean Tan, welcome to Washington Watch. We appreciate you joining us this evening. Good to be on with you. Well, thank you so much. All right, let's just jump into this. The the indictment is under seal until next week. Okay, so I fully understand that our conversation, at least to some degree, involves some speculation. All right, I get that. Uh, But can you help? us, our viewers, our listeners, to uh, better understand the charges? And where do we go from here? Well, so it is anticipated that uh, it will be connected to uh, money paid to Stormy Daniels and whether the reimbursement of the attorney uh, and the way it was logged in the records was... uh, was a falsification of those business records. And uh, this is potentially uh, falsifying business records in the first degree. Um, And uh, there has to be, in order to be a felony, it has to be done to commit or conceal another crime. And there is the possibility that the prosecutor will raise that other offense as a campaign finance violation, potentially under New York law. It's interesting to note that the Department of Justice and 
the Federal Election Commission both declined to prosecute the case and that federal probe um, ended in 2019. Yeah, I think that's extremely interesting. So you kind of wonder where this is going. I, just a, a question along those lines, District Attorney Bragg is notoriously soft on crime. Uh, and again, this is uh, just an opinion. Do you think it's fair to say, or at least the argument that is out there, that he would this we would never be seeing this prosecution taking place if it didn't involve someone named Donald Trump? Well, I think we've seen all the opposition that has been arrayed and all the attacks that have been levied against uh, against Donald Trump, uh, maybe to an extent unprecedented in U.S. history. Uh, and so this seems to go along with that ongoing theme. Yeah, and it's very, it's very disturbing. I, I, and not just to me, uh, I hear it in your voice as well. And that's that brings up all these questions of the legal ramifications of all of this. Uh, do you see any way in which now or potentially the former president is going to be deprived of equal protection under the law? Is that already kind of happening, do you think? Well, there are real concerns about whether this is a politicized prosecution. And, uh, and, and the timing seems very interesting. It could have been brought uh, previously. Uh, and as we are entering into the presidential campaign season, uh, the timing seems rather curious. Uh, whether this will end up increasing support uh, for, uh, for Donald Trump is uh, yet to be seen. But there are some commentators who are of the view that that is a distinct possibility. And so it may backfire politically. It may be dismissed quickly legally if it's found to have violated the statute of limitations uh, for a class E felony. That would be five years. For a misdemeanor, that would be two years. Depending and this on this is what we're talking, what, seven years or something, isn't it? It's beyond the statute of limitations. Yes, in terms of what date we're at. If we go from the 2017 date uh, in terms of when uh, the reimbursement pay, uh, payments were made, uh, the five-year statute of limitations for a Class E felony has elapsed, certainly has for a misdemeanor where it's only a two-year statute of limitations. Um, there is an argument that it should actually be a later date when the bookkeeping activity took place. Uh, there may be a motion to dismiss on this basis, and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, it is possible that it could be rather short-lived. Okay, Dean Tan, let me, I, I, and I hit on this a little bit with our former guest, uh, Representative Biggs. Uh, this whole movement towards literally weaponizing our government and the two-tiered system of judgment, uh, of justice that is, uh, portraying. How do you see this? Uh, is, is, is it as real of a concern as many of us feel? Well, there is that ideal of equal justice under law inscribed on our Supreme Court building. And when there are politicized attacks against one's political enemies, that certainly doesn't count as equal justice under law. And whether it is a weaponization of the IRS or in intelligence agencies or uh, prosecutorial uh, means, 
these are all, if they are based on a politicized uh, attack against one's political enemies rather than a fair and just uh, rule of law uh, approach, then it is uh, something that we should be alarmed and concerned about. And uh, it really strikes against the just rule of law. It really does. I, I frankly see it uh, chipping away at the confidence of the American people in the rule of law and the direction we're going as a country in that regard. Dean Tan, I want to thank you so much for the incredible work you do at the Liberty University School of Law. And thank you for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. We appreciate it a great deal. I'm glad to join you. Thanks for inviting me. You bet. All right, friends, after the break, I'm going to be pleased to yet again be joined by FRC's president and your regular host here at Washington Watch, Tony Perkins. We're going to be discussing the whole spiritual aspect. What and how should Christians respond to what is unfolding before us? You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. An honor to have you with us. All right, what does the Trump indictment mean for the nation, particularly for Christians? And why should we be praying about this? Glad to have you joining us back. And, you know, as I look, as I look at the indictment yesterday, uh, former President Trump, obviously the leading candidate in the 2024 upcoming presidential elections, the, the nomination race, uh, you can call it a lot of things. But one thing you cannot 
say about this indictment is that it was good or that it was healthy for a fractured or divided nation. Absolutely no one is above the law. But also, uh, political parties functioning within a constitutional republic do not use the hammer of the legal system on their political opponents. That is the type of thing you see in other places. Look, as an immigrant from the Soviet Russia who fled communism, I don't recognize our country. It's frightening to me that what I'm seeing here is what was happening back in the Soviet Union. These are KGB tactics. Wow, those are strong words. That was Russian-born U.S. intelligence expert Rebecca Koffler, who served as a Russian doctrine and strategy specialist in the Defense Intelligence Agency. And, you know, throughout today's program, we've talked about the political side of this indictment. We've talked about the legal side of the indictment. But what about the spiritual response? What about the spiritual ramifications of all of this? Well, I'm extremely pleased right now. He is so busy. Uh, but joining us on the phone is our president of the Family Research Council, Tony Perkins. He is uh, taking time out of his incredible schedule to join us by phone. Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Well, Jody, you're doing a great job, and I just want to thank you for being our Friday host. It allows me to focus on some of the other aspects of the Family Research Council on Fridays, and you're, you're an excellent host, and I've been, I've, I've been watching the whole program, and it's, uh, you, you're spot on, and I, I think this raises a lot of questions about this indictment and the political nature of it. You know, Jody, I can tell you this. If President Trump would have governed in a in a manner similar to how he kind of lived prior to running for president, we wouldn't be having this conversation because the media and the establishment would have loved him. But he didn't. His administration advanced some of the most conservative policy in modern history, and he fought those who have been trying to fundamentally change this country. And so he's been a target. And I think we got, we, as Christians, Jody, we, we've got to step back and, and we've got to be careful not to be sucked into the vortex that the media is creating. Now, you've been very clear, and I want to state this as well. You know, we don't know all the facts, but it, it looks like they are straining to try and find something. We've talked about statutes of limitations. And this is not anything we didn't know beforehand. All these allegations were raised back during the, uh, the first presidential campaign that he ran in 2016. So this is not new. And so we're not we're not saying I condemned it back then and I, I condemn the behavior now. But we have to look what's behind this. Why, why does Joe Biden's son engage in all the things that he does? Why does President Biden have all this cloud of controversy over him with China? And the media says nothing. And we've seen all of these investigations into President Trump come up with nothing while he was president. Could it be? Well, you bring Could up a great point, Tony, if I can just bring this up, because you bring up Hunter Biden's son and a lot of those transactions that he's had has been in New York. It certainly would come under their jurisdiction to investigate and to deal with as well. But you've also have while President Trump was in the White House, uh, he did not go after Hillary Clinton. I mean, we, there were so many issues there right. and right. everywhere Trump went. And I was at several of those rallies. The crowds would start chanting, lock her up, lock her up. But he didn't do it. Why, why do you think right. he didn't pursue that? Well, I asked that question. I mean, I, I didn't ask to the president directly, but his top advisors, I asked. And, and the response was not 
that she had not done something. The evidence was quite clear, but it would look vindictive and it would divide an already fractured fractured nation. And so there was an understanding that the nation came first. We don't see that when th these actions here being taken by Democrats. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I support the president, Trump's decision not to prosecute or his administration. I'm just saying that's the facts. But here's what we've got to look at, Jody. All right, you see the disparity. You, everybody sees this two-tier system of justice. What's behind this? As Christians, we can't get sucked into the vortex of the, the immediate, the temporal, and what we're seeing with our eyes. We've got to be prayerful, asking the Lord to open our eyes so that we can understand, really, what I see very clearly, the spiritual warfare that is raging over our nation. And unfortunately, the president is kind of rushed into this, and he doesn't have the, the spiritual armor that he needs. We need to be praying for him, and I am, and I've, I've let him know that. But we need to understand that there is a epic battle raging for this nation, and every pulpit in America ought to be praying this weekend for this country and for what is unfolding, whether it's in Nashville, Tennessee, or whether it's the storms in Mississippi or the storms in California or a president being indicted for the first time. This country is being split wide open, and if the people of God are not on their knees praying, I am fearful of what could happen. Tony, I, that is extremely well said, and we've only got about 30 seconds, but I, I think you just laid it out there. We need our listeners, our viewers right now, to be praying about this and encouraging their churches to pray. We are, we are facing a spiritual warfare that must be fought on spiritual terms. And I want to thank you for your leadership in this regard uh, at FRC for so long. And Tony, thank you so much for taking a few moments to join us this evening. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate you. All right, friends. Uh, according to President Biden, today was Trans Day of Visibility. Uh, why in the world is the Democratic Party so caught up on this? But other nations around the world are looking at the real science. You don't want to miss what's coming up next. We'll get into that issue. Stay tuned. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. 
with just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your Friday host, Jody Heiss. We appreciate you joining us on this Friday edition, this very important edition of Washington Watch. Well, according to an official proclamation by President Biden, today is Transgender Day of Visibility. And in that proclamation, the president declared that transgender Americans shape our nation's soul. Wow. Of course, even as the Biden administration barrels ahead pushing transgender treatments and surgeries for children, there is a growing body of evidence that confirms that all these procedures are what we deeply know. They're harmful. They don't even match the science that goes along with it. And we're seeing that reflected uh, in legislatures all across the country as they introduce and actually pass legislation to protect children from these procedures. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Travis Weber. He's the Vice President for Policy and Government Affairs here at FRC. Travis, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you, Jody. Good to be here. Well, let me just throw this out here because I want to kind of tie uh, uh, connect some dots between what we've been talking about and where we're going now. And you and you and myself and some others were briefly discussing this this morning, but it seems so often when there is a major news item, like we have now with the Trump indictment, that behind the scenes there is a push for something else. It can be very destructive. And we we as Christians need to be aware of that. We need to be alert And it could be that that's happening even right now while we're seeing this Trump indictment that behind the scenes there's this push for the transgender day of visibility and other stuff going behind it. Give me your your initial thoughts to this and let's just segue into our discussion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just think it's so important for uh, Christians, uh, Americans, but Christians in particular, we're, we're addressing the need for discernment 
in how we take in information and news, because we all know that there is too much information out there to take in. So many people may struggle with, what do I even focus on? So I think, you know, as we were talking, I just think it's an important starting point to realize that there's a need for discernment, because we only have limited our, our time and our bandwidth and our ability to take in is limited. So uh, we just need to pray for discernment, exercise discernment, and realize that there is sometimes often more information, more developments, more going on behind the scenes than we may see in the headlines. And that's why, you know, here at FRC, what we're trying to do is help bring light, bring awareness to what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, all right. So let's just go in specifically with with that foundation being laid, uh, this whole transgender day of visibility. Give me just your initial yeah. reactions in terms of uh, our need to be aware and discerning of what's going on behind yeah, uh, the, yeah, so, the smoke. So, Jody, the, um, the the president and others are making a lot about a lot of public pronouncements. There's a lot of attention being focused on uh, the, the community of those who are identifying as transgender and, and a lot of discussion around that issue. So there is a public uh, piece to this, public component. But, you know, we want to observe what, it, what is going on at a deeper level. And certainly there is trauma, as we noted this week, uh, tragedy and trauma, and, you know, exempt, uh, shown in, in the shooting that occurred in Tennessee. There's, there are tragedies like this occurring and, and a lot of uh, difficulty that is uh, and a lot of harm and pain that is is being felt by those uh, in both in the LGBT community in the transgender identifying community and those connected to them. And so that's a reality. Uh, but the truth is that uh, solace and help and healing is not to be found in affirming um, uh, those with gender dysphoria, those who want to live and identify as the opposite biological sex. Uh, we need to, to help actually get these people real help and real treatment, not just affirm the feeling. And so it's encouraging to see Americans recognizing that reflected in states around the country as people push back through their elected officials. And we see a wave of states that are saying no, a no to these procedures, irreversible surgeries, puberty blockers, hormone treatments being given to minors. People are saying no. And states are signing these, uh, seeing these passed into law and signed into law at, at a, a really encouraging level. The number's up way over last year. Uh, last year, we had one bill passed into law. The year before that, there was one in Arkansas. Last year's was in Alabama. This year, we've seen nine bills signed into law and over 100 that have moved throughout state legislatures this year. Now, some of these bills are watered down and weakened, but overall, the momentum is very encouraging to see people recognizing the lie of transgender ideology and standing up to it. Yeah, I think that's exciting news. And I'm just I'm sitting here, Travis, just smiling as you're talking about this. I think this is fantastic news for us to take in that while we are being fed uh, so many lies. In fact, while you were even talking there, I, you know, I couldn't help but think here on the very week that we have a woman who identifies as a transgender man going in murdering six Christians, including three children. At the same time, the left is talking about uh, there are unprecedented attacks on transgender individuals. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. So we're being fed this constant diet of misinformation, and yet across the country, we're seeing legislatures step up, st taking strength and standing for truth and passing some 
really strong, maybe some perhaps watered down, but uh, overall some strong legislation. The momentum is building. Now, we certainly uh, can talk about that. How do we keep it going? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. You know, so people need to let their elected officials know that they appreciate them standing up for the rights of children against these you know, I mean, it, it really attacks on children. I mean, it's it's interesting we, we use the word attacks because the, the, or the other side does. It, it's the language is, whenever you see language that is so obviously blown out of proportion, that should be a sign of desperation. So when we see these claims of attacks, violence, and, and similar uh, hyperbolic wording, we know the truth is probably closer to a, legis a, a perspective, a worldview perspective being moved in, in, in advanced in policy. And the, the irony, the sad irony is the, the opposite of true. Children are being attacked by an ideology that is forcing them to these harmful procedures. They need to be protected by parents, teachers, and elected leaders. And so uh, Americans, families, parents out there who, who agree with this, they can let their elected leaders know that they appreciate their stance in defense of children, this is crucial that we continue to do this um, you know, into, into the months and even years ahead. Absolutely. Travis, we've got about 30 seconds, and I, I'm going to uh, shift on, but uh, I, there's got to be a lot of pressure on various uh, legislatures and individuals moving this type of legislation forward. Do, are, are there any that just kind of jump out in your mind, individuals who are standing strong, being real champions in spite of the pressure? Yeah, so, so those leaders moving this bill through the Montana legislature, now it's on the governor's desk out there. There's a bill, and also Nebraska Bill 574, uh, Senator uh, Ka Kathleen Kauf moving that bill, championing it, and, and, and continuing to, so we want to see her supported in her effort to see that bill pass through that state and uh, be signed into law there. So these and others deserve our support. Oh, Travis Weber, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Watch. Thanks for the incredible job that you do. Thank you. All right. Well, continuing this discussion of the whole transgender ideology and protecting children from all the harmful life-altering procedures that come with this, when considering this whole topic, many on the left point to the authority of medical organizations. They claim to, that all these groups are following the science. But there's a big problem with that position. And that is very simply that almost all of these organizations in reality have been captured in the pressure from the left and they're terrified. And when you look at serious studies of research that are led by open-minded, authentic scientists, they reject the concept that gender surgeries and other treatments for children are a good thing. And this is precisely what we're seeing in many European countries as they study this issue. So why is America so far behind the science? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Dr. Jennifer Bowen. She's the director of the Center for Family Studies here at Family Research Council. Uh, Dr. Bowens, thank you. Always great to have you back on Washington Watch. It's good to be with you, Jody. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into this. Uh, you personally have testified at a number of state legislatures uh, bringing your expertise on this issue uh, to so many and joining the debate, helping the debate go forward. Uh, in, the, in, the, in all the research that you've studied, um, you know, we are often accused of adhering to pseudoscience, which is mm -hmm. just flat out wrong. Uh, when you, I, I know recently in Nebraska, you were uh, recently 
there supporting the bill that they were pushing, and, and you were uh, at odds with uh, some folks there. Uh, I, I'd like to play clip six here and let you tell us about it. If we were to enact this legislation, we would be going in in opposite, or not in opposite, we would not be in compliance with WPATH's recommendations. Right, right. you'd be more in compliance with science. Okay. <laughs> okay. That was the most <laughs> awesome answer ever. I love it. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, what's funny is that uh, WPATH, which is the World Professional Organization for Transgender Health, has uh, put forth these guidelines. So it's all these medical groups that have agreed uh, that this is the best way to treat children who identify as transgender. So notice what I said, agreed. Basically, they voted on these practices because this the science is lacking. So this is a common practice, in, especially in the psychological field. So just draw a parallel. Uh, after 9-11, um, we were looking for ways to help people quickly uh, recover from, from a trauma. So we had uh, a group that gathered who had trauma background, and they voted on the practice of psychological first aid. And they did this because it's known to cause very little harm. So these practices are not invasive. They're basically hand somebody a bottle of water, be supportive, find out about their support network, et cetera. Nothing um, invasive whatsoever. And it's a voted on practice. Now you turn to the WPATH and what are they doing? They're voting on something uh, that is the most invasive treatment to to uh, a psychological condition that we have, that we've almost ever had aside from lobotomy. Um, and it's a voted on practice. So that's what I meant when I said the WPATH might be putting this out, but this isn't real science. This is, this is a vote. Well, that was just, uh, I just absolutely love that response. And I love the reaction of everyone in there. I mean, by <laughs> virtue of their laughter, they were totally agreeing with you and I just uh, really that was that was remarkable. Well, let's talk about this because I know you've been heavily involved in this as well. There's a number of European countries uh, that are recognizing what you're saying, and they're actually reversing their course. Uh, do they not face the same type of pressure from the left that we seem to have here in the United States? I, I think that they do face that kind of pressure, but the the difference is that. They've, they've been doing um, these transgender surgeries longer, and they also have um, socialized medicine. And, and so I'm not an advocate for socialized medicine, but what, what one of the benefits is that they have a better tracking system. And so they've been able, like for Sweden, for example, they've been able to track um, the results of those who were offered transgender surgeries. And they were able to see that those who went through these procedures, the surgeries, they were actually 19 times more likely to commit suicide. So the, the supposed uh, statement that this kind of care prevents people from committing suicide and that it's life-saving and the science is settled is an absolute farce that some of these European countries have um, been able to see over a longer period of time. And wow. we have a group that's just bought hook, line, and sinker. Let's just you know go for it and forget the science and make the science say whatever we want it to say. 
Wow. Well, that's exactly what we're watching here. You know, so although the some of these European countries certainly have the pressure, as you're saying, the reality of the science is so overwhelming that they are sticking with the science because they know in the long run that's that's right. So let's talk about the uh, medical transitions. What does the research really tell us about medical transitions? Well, here's the thing, Jody. What's so interesting is that when we look at this body of research, it and you look at, you know, we could even parse out a, a, this issue and then insert a whole other research topic. And if we just look at the methods alone, we're at the very beginning stages. So what you would call like an exploratory stage of research where we don't even have the terms defined. So we don't know who exactly we're talking about. Because if you haven't defined who's non-binary, what does that mean? And who's transgender, what does that mean? Um, Then how can we properly make claims, scientific claims about them, whether it be in the physical or the psychological. Um, so, you know, this is a this is a real problem. The CDC hasn't even properly defined these folks. And so when someone decides to detransition, meaning that they, they um, go back to their biological sex, uh, the, what were they, the accusation is, well, they weren't really transgender. Right. So you haven't properly defined your terms. Um, And to answer your question, what we do know from the the medical uh, journals... We've got about 10 seconds, Jennifer. ...is that it is very dangerous and um, it is... uh, There are irreversible physiological uh, procedures that are harming children. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for your incredible leadership in this regard. We appreciate you joining us on Washington Watch. Thanks for having me, Jody. All right, friends, that's all the time we have. Listen, keep the torch ablaze. You are more than conquerors. Have a great weekend. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.